Another cycle has begun. The cycle of reading the Torah portion. We just completed on Simchas Torah. And now we begin again with the book of Genesis, the book of Bereshis, Parshas Bereshis. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Practical Parsha podcast, where we try to take practical ideas from the weekly Parsha that we can apply to our lives, fundamentals, principles. And one thing about Parshas Bereshis and really all the Parshios, the Torah portions of the book of Genesis, is that each one in and of themselves can we can stand them for many weeks at a time and still have what to say. So although there is so much information in Bereshis, so many fundamental principles, so much to learn, so much depth, it's so hard to choose what I wanted to speak about. But I'm going to try to share two ideas today that we can gain from together to help us become better people and grow. And again, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, my email address is rabbishlomokon with a K at gmail.com. Parshas Bereshis talks about the creation of the universe, the creation of the world, how God made the world in seven days. On each day, what was created, the first day, the second day, the third day, fourth day, and so on and so forth. Till he reached the seventh day, which he rested. And that's the Shabbos. The Parsha talks about how God creates Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, man and woman. Their original mission on this world. Their subsequent sin. How they ate from the Eitz Hadas, the tree of knowledge. And the, the Parsha concludes with the story of Cain and Abel. How, they, how Cain killed Abel. And how society descends into a a state of moral decay, a prelude to the flood that will happen in next week's Torah portion. The first idea which I wanted to share today is is from the first verse in the Parsha. Bereshiz bar lokim as a shemayim ve'esa aretz. In the beginning of God's creating the heavens and the earth. Rashi asks on this first word of the Torah, Bereshis. says, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak asks a question. He says, the Torah should have started with the first commandment that God commands the Jewish people, which is, which is the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, the commandment to sanctify the new moon. Why does the Torah start with this idea of with creation? Why do we have to speak about how God created the world, the subsequent flood, the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Why is it necessary to speak about all these stories? What's the importance of it? And the answer he brings is that Shim He says if the Gentile nations of the world say to the Jewish people, you stole the land, 
the Jewish people say back to them that the whole world is God's land. He created it. And he gave it to who he desired to give it to. That God can decide to give the land to whoever he wants to give it to. And he thus decided to give the land of Israel to the Jewish people. Now, it's very interesting. What is Rabbi Yitzchak trying to teach us? And what is Rashi trying to point out to us? We have this question that why is the Torah starting with the creation of the world? Start with the mitzvos. And really, on a deeper level, what Rashi is trying to point out and what Rabbi Yitzchak is trying to show us and bring to the forefront of our minds is that many people think that Torah is a law book or a history book. Sure, the, a very intrinsic part of the Torah that we're commanded to do, that we the mitzvot, our obligations, but at the same time, there's another aspect which is also equally important to us, that is belief in Hashem. That only through the story of creation and the story of our people do we realize that Hashem is in charge of the world, that there's a purpose to creation. Because if we believe that things just happen by coincidence, so then there's no purpose. But if we know that the world was created by God, there's a mission, there's a goal, there's a higher spiritual level that we need to reach. And that's what Rabbi Yitzchak is asking and that's what Rashi is pointing out. That it's not just enough to, to know the mitzvot and to know what we need to do. But it's also equally if important, if not more important, to have the proper faith in Hashem, the belief in God that He created the world. That we have to know within ourselves, we have to believe and we have to realize that God created the world. And we have to have that faith that it's not a coincidence. It wasn't by accident that these gases just came together and a world happened. It doesn't work like that. It's impossible. But rather there's a creator and the creator has a plan and purpose for his creation. And it's interesting to note that there's a Gemara, in the Talmud it states, in Mesechlis Makos, that different sages and prophets came along and tried to principle the Torah onto different core ideas. Not that they tried to take away any of the mitzvot, but rather they tried to categorize them into different areas. And the Gemara Makos says that Moshe Rabbeinu came along and he came along and gave us 613 mitzvot. David HaMelech came and made them into 10 areas. Micha came, the prophet Micha came and principled them onto three ideas. And finally, the Gemara finishes with Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, who came and set the foundation of the Torah on one principle. Tzadik be'emunosa yichya. The righteous shall live with their faith. 
And that's understood to mean that if a person has faith, he's able to come to the entire Torah. That through his faith in God, that believing that there's a reason for things and that there's a God who created the world with a plan and a mission and a purpose, a person is able to come to fulfillment of the rest of the 613 mitzvot. But on the flip side, if an individual doesn't have that emuna, he doesn't have that faith, so even if they know all the mitzvot in the Torah, and they could be they even perform mitzvot, it's not going to be totally through and through because they're lacking that faith. It's going to break eventually. So the prophet tells us that tzaddik be'emunasa yichya, that the righteous live through their faith, that in order for us to properly perform the 613 mitzvot, we need to have that faith. We need to have that belief and know that realization that God is there and he created the world and there's a mission. When we conceptualize this in, our, in the forefront of our mind, it makes more clarity to the things we do every day and the different challenges that we face. No one likes challenges. No one likes suffering. And in fact, it's the greatest question that humanity has ever had, right? As we discussed on previous episodes. But when we know there's a reason for something, there's a plan, there's a design, there's a blueprint, so it makes it easier to deal with and to overcome. And this is the reason why Rashi brings down this medrash from Rabbi Yitzchak and what the question that he's trying to bring out to teach us that in order for us to have the proper observance, to get to that level where it's complete and whole and, and strong, we first must have that faith in God. And the way we get it is by knowing that God created the world, knowing that there's a mission. A second idea which I wanted to share today is from the, the verse that describes Adam Harishon, Adam. And the verse says, that Adam gave names to all the animals and all the birds of the sky and all the beasts of the fields. But for himself, he did not find the mate. And it's very interesting. The Medrash brings down that Adam Arishan had Adam who was the first person, he's referred to as Adam Harishon, the, the first, he was the first human being. He had a tremendous insight. He had the ability to look at any creature and see the essence of its functioning, what it represented, what it, what it was, and give a proper name that represented its abilities and its uniqueness. And the Medrash even brings down that God challenged the angels to give different names to the creatures of the world, but the angels were not able to. And only Adam Harishon, Adam, with his superiority, was able to give names to each and every one of the animals of the world. And it's interesting, in Hebrew, in Lashon HaKodesh, every animal... 
Every animal's name is, is sourced. Only Adam Arishon, with his superior intellect and his ability to discern the potential of each creature, was able to give the names that even angels couldn't give. But a question arises that when it came to Adam Arishan picking his own name, it seems that he just picked a plain, simple name, Adam. And the reason that he picked the word Adam was because he had been formed from the Adama, from the ground. It's just interesting because Adam Arishan, the human being, the pinnacle of creation, which was the whole reason that God created the world. He created the world for Adam Harishan and his descendants. And he could not think of a more better name than Adam because he came from Adama, from the ground. Why was he not able to be creative like he was for the rest of the, the animal kingdom? What about all the, the, the ability and the uniqueness of man? Wasn't there a more proper and fitting name that he should have named himself? The altar of Slabotka gives a very beautiful reasoning to this question. He says that Adam Arishan's name, Adam's picking a name for himself that was showing he was from Adama, from ground, really does have a tremendous amount of insight. He was touching on the essence of man. That although we have the ability to get to the height of angels, to reach tremendous spiritual heights, to be amazing, yet simultaneously we can fall back to the dust in moments. That the key for man is to realize that no matter how high we go, no matter how strong we are, no matter how accomplished we get, we can we're never above that earthly temptation. That we could always fall back to the ground, to the dust in moments. And that's what Adam Arishon was touching on when he picked the name Adam for himself. That man must always remember this fact that no matter how great we think we are, we're always one step away from falling right back to where we came from. And I'm sure many of us could relate to this with the different struggles that we face. Each and every one of us, we have our own challenges. Sometimes we're able to overcome, and other times we, we get pulled back to the beginning to where we thought we overcame. That the earth has such tremendous potential to cause, to flourish, to grow. But yet at the same time, we have to remember where we came from. To remember that we came from the earth as well. That although we have the ability to get to those spiritual highs, we need to also take into consideration that we could, God forbid, fall back to that, to the place we came in, in moments. And this actually answers another question which is raised about the Parsha this, this week, that on the different days of the week, the Torah says, Vayar lakim kitov. On different days, for example, on the third day, the Torah says, that the Torah says, on the third day of creation and on the fourth days of creation, 
that God saw the creation was very good. But on other days, it doesn't say that. And it's interesting because when God created the different creatures of the world on the third day and on the fourth day, they get a ketov, that it was good. That means the insect, the bug, the cockroach gets a ketov, that God saw was good. The elephant gets a ketov. God sees that the creation that he made on those days was very good. But the question is, is that after the creation of a man on the sixth day, there is no pronouncement that it was good. How could it be that the cockroach, the ant, the elephant, the, the bird are all ketov that God declares in those days that it was created, that it was good, it was good in God's eyes, the creation. But yet, on the day that God creates man, there's no statement of ketov. There's no statement of how good the creation is. Shouldn't it be that the pinnacle of creation, which we mentioned before, the whole purpose of creation, that when God finally creates Adam, creates man, that there's ketov, that it's good? And the answer to that question is really what we discussed before. Because when it comes to man, God can't say ketov because what man is, is potential. Every other creature in creation is a finished product. The ant will be what it will be. It will never change from that. The elephant will never change from being that elephant. It does what it's supposed to be doing. It's fully created. It's complete. It's only man who has the ability to reach the highest highs or to go to the lowest lows. And that's why it doesn't say kitov. Because when God created man, when he created Adam, all that he created and what made him unique was his potential. And it's up to a person now, it's up to us to use that potential. How will we use it? Will we use it in the service of Hashem? Will we use it to come closer to Hashem? Or will we use it to hurt other people's feelings? Will we hurt it to use it to do evil? And that's why the Torah doesn't say kitov when it comes to the creation of a human being. Because it's not finished. The work is now in our hands to complete. So therefore it's not appropriate to say the word kitov. Because man is always in a state of potential. And it's up to us how we use it. So that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomacom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.